Hello, and welcome back into the Schlafliverse, a podcast exploring the bizarre political and cultural legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. I'm Will, and as ever, I'm joined by my fellow Schlafly knot, Torrin. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to finally hear what you've been murmuring about for the last few days. Well, it's about a week now I've been <laughs> going on. So for context, there was an event held in Nashville, Tennessee last Monday, which was the 12th of April, um, which involved Ed Martin. And we're going to be discussing about this organisation called America's Future, what it's sort of done in the past, who's sort of in charge of it, and potentially what it might be doing in the near future. And this event in Nashville was very much, to me, a relaunch of this organisation. And they also announced their new chairman of this organisation. Drum roll. No. I'm going to maintain the suspense for you. Wow. I'm excited. (laughs) So, a bit of background about America's Future, or I'm going to refer to it as America's Futures Inc., because to find it online, the best way to do it is searching America's Future Inc. Because America Future brings up this other organisation. Okay. Um, so it was set up in 1946, which is obviously quite a while ago. <laughs> um, and so it was set up by a bunch of businessmen, from what I can tell, um, who were defending American values. And generally, from what I can gather, it was an anti-communist organisation. So group of businessmen who were very, very critical and concerned about communism and the beginnings of the Cold War and the threat that communism posed to American values and American way of life, American interests and so on. Um, Unsurprisingly, Phyllis Schlafly was involved in this organisation, which is why obviously we're talking about it. Um, And I've mentioned before that she was also very concerned about communism, was a massive supporter of America having nuclear arsenal greater and larger than that of Russia and was very concerned about the threat of socialism and socialist policies affecting um, sort of Christian... Long story short, these people thought the communists were bad. Were bad. And what they represented was bad. Was bad. <laughs> and were, and were very, very afraid of government oversight. Because they are tax-exempt, because they're a charity, registered as a charity they have to publish and have public available uh, financial statements to do with how much money they're dealing in and so forth, which is great for people like me who want to know a bit more about them. So I've found online the financial documents since 2001 mm-hmm. up until 2019. I haven't got 2020 on yet. Um, and from 2001 to 2016, um, all, those fi- all those reports were filed by Phyllis Schlafly as the treasurer. Um, and it outlines how much money they're dealing with. And generally for that period, it was it seems very dormant, like there was, there's not much going on. They roughly about, I think it's about, um, about $60,000 in expenses, which sounds like quite a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it's quite small. And there's other stuff as well about these reports, which to me makes it seem like this was something that had its heyday in the Cold War era, and after the collapse of the Soviet Union was sort of trundling along and... It didn't really have a purpose post-Cold War. Yes. I've used the Wayback Machine, which is a website which lets you look at websites, how they looked in the past, because it almost saves them. 
and it's very it's 90s. like a website time machine yeah. I really like that concept that I can go on this and then look at I don't know Facebook when it was like first launched I think that'd be quite just interesting mm. and it's like a typical like 90s slightly clip arty crappy website and s- since this year they've got a brand new really flashy website um, which sadly is a podcast I can't show you but I can show Torin afterwards but check out the social media yes I was going to say this as well so um, I found out that lots of people are actually finding this, this podcast and listening to it which is a shock to me <laughs> I'm really really grateful that there is organic traffic especially from America because we're British so it's very difficult for us to get the word out in that country um, so yeah very very grateful for everyone who's listening from the States um, so we've got an Instagram and Twitter account both at Schlafiverse, spelt as it sounds, and also... <laughs> spelt as it sounds. Well, spelt... <laughs> Sorry. Good about spelling Schlafiverse. <laughs> Sorry. Spelt as it is in the name of the, of the podcast. And also, there's, we've now got a website. I've got a blog I've set up, because this stuff about the financial stuff, I think it's important to have somewhere online to go to. So I'm going I'm to write up this episode, basically, as well, for people if they want to read it. So that'll be at the blog, which is slappyverse.wordpress.com. Um, Boom. Have a bit of that. Mm. So, ooh. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> so, um, do I, I'm going to talk a bit about those forms. I've, done, I've got a spreadsheet as we're talking about the stuff. So I'm showing Torin this spreadsheet with all sorts of colours and, and data stuff right now. Torin's um, eyes are popping out of his head with the... <laughs> huge volume of numbers and graphs and tables that he just doesn't understand <laughs> so in this in this spreadsheet i've basically plotted the total revenue functional expenses net income and assets for the america's future from 20, 2007 to 2019 as according to the documents i found um, the main thing is so I've, I've made a note of who's listed in these documents as as key members of this organization so the presidents and the directors and the secretaries um, what's well, interesting so 2016 everything gets shaken up so um, when Phyllis dies which is the year Phyllis dies I think that's probably quite a key factor so that's the first year that Ed Martin appears listed as a member of the organisation and he's listed as a president which was a post previously held by a guy called John Sinlarb I believe is how you pronounce his name who's a general or we'll talk about a little bit more about him in a second but he when he was president before 2016, and since 2016, he's been the chairman, which I think is a higher position than Ed's president. Um, John Schlafly, he's been he's been a director since 2000, 2001, and since 2016 has been the treasurer and has been filing the reports, which his mother used to do. So you see a bit of continuity, and we know John obviously because he's um, doesn't believe in America's democracy. <laughs> <laughs> John is terrifying. Wow. I like John, he's fun. Um, <laughs> so the so originally there were eight people listed as members. So for that 2001 to 2016 period, there were eight people who were always listed as being on the form. And from 2016, four of those people were no longer listed. And I thought, oh, is this a bit of a shake-up with Ed? Because Ed's got a bit of a reputation for yeah shaking things up, firing people. And also 2016 was also the issue with Ted Cruz, where... Um, Eagle Forum, which was the organisation Phyllis set up, sort of split, and Ed formed um, Phyllis Laffey's Eagles, which is what he's present of, and it's like this alternative. Alternative Phyllis Schlafly organisation. 
<laughs> if you don't know about that, watch the previous episode. Or, or listen wow. to the podcast we did, uh, What You Need to Know, Ed Martin, or Wink Ed Martin. Yes. Um, for a bit more about that schism. Um, so I thought, oh, four people have disappeared. That's a bit odd. I've looked them up. Interestingly, two people, I believe, died in 2011, despite being listed on the document till 2015. <laughs> which, again, I think points to the fact this isn't really being properly managed or looked after in that period. Yeah. They sort of, oh, oh, those people. <laughs> That's so weird. They've been dead for five years. We probably should take them off the books. <laughs> That's so bizarre. So there's a couple of new people who are now... Is that not, like, legally... I don't know. Like, I don't know. There must be something wrong with that. I don't know. But so there's a couple of new people who replaced them on the list, including Bruce Lafley, who is John's brother, and also Joan Singlarb, who is the wife of uh, John Singlarb, who I've mentioned is the new is that was the chairman um so yeah what is interesting though in the 2001 to 2016 period there's a, there's a column for expenses so people those people who are listed could claim expenses and no one ever claimed expenses until ed martin did in 2016 and he claimed twenty one thousand six hundred thirty five dollars for the work he did for the thing and then after so now 2016 2017 he claimed fifty nine thousand four hundred twenty three dollars and then for 2018 and 2019, he claimed $52,503 to the dollar um, for activities he'd done on behalf of the organisation, which I think is quite interesting. Um, I don't know what... Because it's so... Oh, yeah, so the, the main purpose of this organisation, sorry, I forgot to say, is that it uh, produces material. So radio shows, um, Phyllis wrote newsletters for it, and just doing like media stuff. It was... It was dedicated to getting the word out there, sort of promoting American values, anti-communist stuff, basically. Yes. What, that's what it did. I should have obviously said that earlier on. Um, yeah, so uh, 2016 is also interesting because there's a massive there's a spike on my graph for um, both massive influx of revenue and also expenses. It's, it's the only, it's 2016 and 2017 are the only years where the outgoing money was higher than the incoming, which again is weird for organization which so, until that point so why is it significant that ed martin has started to claim expenses just because it's quite a lot obviously quite a lot so 50 or see i said normally the functional expenses were about 70 grand and now it's he's claiming 50 grand out which is interesting but again it's showing that because no one claimed it before so i don't know what he's doing on behalf of the company but anyway it's interesting that he's there's obviously, something going on there something That's he's doing he's up he's doing it's not the pro america board i'm thinking oh is this some sort of radio this what the ProMagra report's being funded through, perhaps. Um, it says it's eight hours a week for this organisation. Like you, They put in how many hours they work per week. Pretty good money for eight hours a week. Not bad for eight hours a week. <laughs> especially as John's... I'd like to earn that much from eight hours a week. Especially as John is, has said he does two hours a week for this organisation and isn't claiming any expenses for it. Um, so I don't know what that's about, but I expect it's above board. It's just, I find it interesting that it's dormant and then Ed comes in charge and like 50k, or well, nearly 60k is going out. Um, what's also quite interesting is that the earlier documents also list what they've got shares in so they had shares in Colgate Walt Disney Corporation <laughs> uh, General Electric Hewlett Packard Intel JP Morgan McDonald's um, and a bunch of other big companies obviously just shares and they, that's some of the money has been coming through these shares which the America future possesses which I think is quite interesting especially with someone like Phyllis who's very concerned about sort of cultural values and stuff that she's invested in <laughs> like disney and mcdonald's and stuff yeah but it's like, <laughs> yeah americans 
Back <laughs> to all you Americans listening out there. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> so a bit about this guy who's the chairman. So he's a major general. He, according to the website, he was one of the founding members of the CIA. Um, he was is that a claim you can back up? Or is that just like something he's claiming? <laughs> very interestingly, the very text which I found on the website matches word for word the text on his Wikipedia entry. So all I'm going to say is that. Um, I'm, I'm it tells you a lot about who wrote that. <laughs> the fact they chose to go to Wikipedia, a bit of a betrayal of Serpedia called Andy Schaffley. But, yeah. Um, he also did some work for Reagan um, against the communists in Latin America, which is a very dodgy, if you know anything about Reagan and... America fighting anti-communists in Latin America. It's all very dodgy, and CIA especially were really bad at killing people, like assassinating senior uh, left-wing people in Latin America. So, hmm, interesting. Anyway, so this event was in Nashville last Monday, 12th of April. It was hosted by Generation Nashville, which is an evangelical church. Um, they had about 500 people attend this thing. And as I said, so the organization has got a new chairman, because General Singh Lab is going to be 100 in July, which is obviously quite impressive. I think, again, with these members back in before 2016, obviously four, four of them have disappeared, two of which I know definitely, well, seem to have died in 2011. General Singh Lab's obviously like nearly 100, and Phyllis was obviously the 93 when she died, or 92, I think, when she died in 2016. So these are really old people. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously this is a, used to be like a Cold War orientated organisation and so on. So, Torrent, who do you reckon is the new chairman? Because this is the big thing. Alex Jones? No. Ali Alexander? No. Um, what's his name? Uh, it's someone who... It's, I'm going to tell uh, you. Baron... Uh, Michael... What's his face? Flynn. Flynn? Michael Flynn? It's Michael Flynn. Ah. Michael Flynn is the new chairman of America's Future. Which is also, obviously... This dormant organisation who had dead people on their books. Yes. <laughs> is now being run by Michael Flynn and Ed Martin together. The dream team. The dream team. I bet Ed Martin's like such a fan girl, kind of just like, oh, I finally made it. I'm working with Michael Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Prime America Report, this has been, they've, had, they've been talking about this for about two years, about having him take over. And I found um, at Eagle Council, which was like a conf- an annual conference by Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles. General Michael Flynn was given an award by Jack Singlarp, who's the general guy who's a, who was the chairman before him, um, in 2018. So it's clear these three have all known each other and been in cahoots for a while. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know who Michael Flynn is, he was like the, he's probably most famous for being the national security advisor to Trump during the transition, and he was the first person to be fired from the Trump administration because he lied to Mike Pence. So he was... As a national security advisor, he was basically in charge of like foreign policy concerns, and he was um, talking to the Russian ambassador to the U.S. Um, and the FBI said that he had discussed reducing Russian sanctions with the Russian ambassador. And Flynn said he had to the FBI said he hadn't done it, and also to Mike Pence, who was the vice president, obviously elect at the time, that he hadn't said that hadn't done that and the FBI said oh you're wiretapping you we have it on like and also Mike, Mike Flint also admitted he had lied to both the vice president and the FBI about his conversations with the Russian Russians so he was fired for that and then he had a big investigation he was all caught up in the Mueller scandal and Trump pardoned him 
uh, in 2020, sort of towards the end of his presidency. But um, yeah, so that's who Mike Flynn is. He's this quite important, quite significant figure from, even though it was in very early days, like before he was president, like officially president. He's a name you know when you think of Donald Trump yeah. and Trump's cronies. Mm. You do think Michael Flynn is one he's of the names that come to mind, yeah. He's quite a distinctive looking guy as well, quite sort of sharp and looking. That's how I describe him. Do you have a bit of a, a crush on Michael Flynn? I don't have a crush on Michael Flynn. Um, <laughs> he's happily married. He, so since his, he met his wife when he was 13. So I love how he doesn't know that off the top of your head. <laughs> it's because what Ed says in his bloody <laughs> pro-America book. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so he's, so yeah, so Ed and, and Michael are working together for America's future. Woo! <laughs> My main concern, which I think is a bit, still a bit of a, weird theory is I'm terrified this could evolve into a presidential bid basically is my big fear because he's through this organisation Michael Flynn's going to start touring the country he said to go tour the country talk to Americans and General Mike Flynn what you need to know right now is he is preparing he's coming to a neighbourhood near you to talk about America's future and what he's saying when you listen to him the people are not only hearing it but they're speaking back to him and, and, and his understanding of where the American people are and what we need to do is growing. And um, it's good. It's really good for our nation. And um, he's also, I think I mentioned before, he's very popular with QAnon people. Like, scarily popular with QAnon people. Um, although he hasn't, he's very careful with how he's managed them. Like he, he'll, so at his event, there's a QAnon saying called, where we go one, we go all. And I think someone said it at the thing, and he thought it was a lovely phrase, and everyone like stood up clapping. All these, these five hundred people stood up clapping it, sort of thing. Hey, anyway. yeah, I will, I will. That's why I asked if he was from CNN. Yes, sir. Way in the back. Yes, sir. I'll, and then I'll and I'll go to that lady in front of you. But yes, sir. Stand up. That's a great phrase, isn't it? I mean, how can you not? And they'll tell you you're a conspiracy theory, you're all kinds of, you're crazy. I mean, wow, it's incredible. Yes, sir. And the QAnon, a lot of people at the event were QAnon-y, believers. QAnon-y. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've not looked too much into QAnon, but because I've always thought it's... I mean, Alex Jones thinks it's too extreme. Like, if Alex Jones thinks it's, it's bonkers, it's, it's super bonkers. bonkers. Yeah. But Michael <laughs> Flynn, I think, has very much made himself the figurehead and sort of hero of the movement because he's the only person who's really been willing to sort of talk to them because obviously he's been on investigation and had a really hard time. And they sort of see him as this hero who's been fighting... who's obviously military background, but also he's been fighting the deep state and the, and the FBI and so on and so forth. God, gotta hate that deep state. <laughs> um, so on the new website, it's not quite up and running yet because there's a newsletter function, but they've not sorted out because obviously I'm subscribing to their newsletter. <laughs> uh, but there's also named a new team, which is I think so. On the team, you've got Joseph Flynn, who is Flynn's youngest brother, um, Mary O'Neill, who is his sister who has been on the Pro-America Report, I think I mentioned in a very early yeah, episode, yeah. that she came on talking about this couple who had their kids um, taken by social services, but she was presenting in a very Q-anon-y, 
child trafficking way, which I was very concerned about. I don't think Michael, I'm pretty certain Michael Flynn doesn't believe in QAnon, but he recognises its power and how by embracing them, he can then manage them. Um, if you don't know what QAnon is, it's basically this, there was this um, account on 4chan and then 8chan, which are sort of message board sites by the name of Q, who was claiming to be a member of Trump's um, government who was secretly fighting the deep state and was basically leaking through cryptic, me cryptic messages to the American people that Trump was going to spring a massive court case and uh, arrest loads of senior Democrats and senior people who were, in, who were basically working against American interests. Um, and the accusations of them being involved in like a paedophile ring and, and child trafficking and all sorts of mental stuff. Um, still waiting for the court case. Still waiting for the court case, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people thought that was what was going to happen at the inauguration, that the inauguration was going to, like Trump was, the reason he didn't go was because they all would get arrested. So that's another theory in the QAnon people. Um, but the Q, Q account hasn't been active since December, um, which I think is why Flynn's been very quick to get a, get a hold of them and sort of try and manage them and, and develop them into his own sort of personality cult, I feel. I feel personally, even though he's not too egotistical anyway. Um, he's obviously using it as a platform to um, get more publicity and to get his name out there. Yeah. He doesn't believe in it, but he like, so recognises the power hmm. and the potential in the group. It is sounds like what you're saying. Yes. I think, he's, I think Flynn is certainly trying to become a post-Trump post um, figure and leader on the extreme wing, like the Trumpian, the Trumpian coalition, trying to become the new person in charge of that. Because even though people talk about Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz as being potential, they're not got a profile. They're, all, they're both seen as idiots um, by a lot of these people and a bit weak and useless. Well, Mike, Mike Flynn is a general to start off with. He's proven his loyalty to Trump. He's been targeted by the US government. He's also quite a good speaker and good personality and quite humble. He's, he's Catholic, unsurprisingly, which is, again, why he probably gets along with Phyllis Schlafly and Ed, who are also Catholics. And they're very defensive of the whole Christian identity and that's contribution to America. So what Flynn said at this event is that um, faith comes before freedom. He says freedom... Freedom isn't the top thing. You can't get you can't, freedom comes after faith. He said you got to have faith before you can have freedom. Otherwise, freedom is hollow. You can't have can't probably have freedom unless you have faith, which I think is a really interesting comment at this event. Mm. And again, talks about the sort of clash between religion and atheism, and back to the whole communist capitalist division. I mean, my knowledge on America is limited it's not bad but it's mm. limited but to me although i know religion is very important over there i'd be surprised to see how someone who sees religion as so central to their political career mm. being a presidential candidate well i think i think religion is really important in american um politics i think in like in this country where if you if you are seen as being too religious, it actually works against you. I think America normally works in your favour. I don't think you can really but do But even well. at a presidential level. Oh, yeah. I think if you, if you said you were atheist or you were... Or you were atheist... Well, I no, I don't think you could well. go... I don't think you could say you were an atheist. Mm. But what I'm saying is to run with that being as, like, a big thing. So I think, again, the limited knowledge, but mm. uh, only looking at recent uh, presidents... Um, you know, it, they were religious, but it wasn't something that, like, I felt dominated their political 
life or like what they did in office. Mm. I know, I know. What you're As what? Do you get what I'm getting at? I, I feel get, like, like Michael Flynn, it could. If if he was from what you're saying, if, yes, what you're saying is if he was to be in charge, his religion would be very instructive of his policies. As yes. Well. Yeah. No, I say I don't believe. I don't think if Flynn was to run, I don't think he'd get into the Oval Office. But obviously, watch this space. But I'm I'm fearful he's certainly manoeuvring himself. Like, if, like basically, if I wanted to run for president, this is the sort of thing I would do. I'd set up and not get in charge of an organisation, maintain because he's been banned off social media. Maintain a presence in the sort of counterculture area by having these events, going out, keeping a high profile. Um, so the guy called Mike Lindell, who I mentioned in the last podcast, who sells pillows, he's he's been a big businessman in the. Uh, post-Trump world, he was at the rally in the, in the front row, sitting next to Michael Flynn, ironically, at the Jan 6th rally, which Trump spoke at, speak that one. Um, and he's launched a new social media app called Frank, to sort of, for, for people who've been banned, basically, to keep in touch with people. And what I saw, Flynn was there, like, constantly sitting there next to Mike Lindell as he did this. He did a two-day-long live stream event to celebrate launch of the app. And also the photo of Backstage, Flynn, his brother, Joseph and Ed Martin at the studio. These people are clearly, this American Future top people, I said that's three people I just named, who are on the board, or this, the core team, manoeuvring themselves as being highly important leaders in the post-Trump community. The more extreme evangelical lot. So another member of this, the core team, who I was not familiar with, because I said it's this general guy who was former chairman, mm-hmm. Flynn, Ed, Flynn's youngest brother and his sister is a woman called Tracy Diaz, I have never heard of before. So Googled her and then two articles came up, one by NBC, one by The Independent. So I'm going to read to you now from the NBC article and I think you might realise why she's also very interesting. So quote, Diaz, a small time YouTube star who once hosted a talk radio show on the fringe right wing network Liberty Movement Radio has found moderate popularity with a couple of thousand views for YouTube videos analysing WikiLeaks releases and discussing the Pizzagate conspiracy, a basis theory that alleged child sex ring was being run out of Washington Pizza Shop. I don't know if you're familiar with Pizzagate, but it's one of the key yes, um, no, I am. things. As Diaz tells it, in a blog post detailing her role in the early days of QAnon, she banded together with two moderators of 4chan. Their goal, according to Diaz, was to build a following for QAnon which would mean a bigger followings for them as well. On the 3rd of November 2017, just six days after the first 4chan post by Q, Diaz posted a video entitled forward slash poll forward slash dash Q clearance anon dash hashtag happening question mark question question mark in which she introduced a conspiracy theory to our audience. Um, that video was viewed nearly 250,000 times, made Diaz one of the earliest people to seize on the Q posts and decipher them for a conspiracy hungry audience. Diaz followed with dozens more Q-themed videos, each containing a call for viewers to donate through links to her Patreon and PayPal accounts. Diaz's YouTube channel now boasts more than 90,000 subscribers and her videos have been watched over 8 million times. More than 97,000 people follow her on Twitter. Diaz, who emerged from bankruptcy in 2009, says in her YouTube videos that she now relies on donations from patrons funding her YouTube research as her sole source of income. Diaz also said in a blog post that she recommended that her and the two moderators from 4chan move to the more user-friendly Reddit, 
archives list the three as the original posters and moderators of the QAnon Reddit community, um, which was CBTS, which was, stands for Calm Before the Storm. The storm is like the idea of them all being arrested. Mm. Um, where subscribers soon gathered to talk all things Q. Their move to Reddit was key to QAnon's eventual spread. There, they were able to tap into a larger audience of conspiracy theorists and drive discussion with their analysis of each Q post. From there, QAnon crept to Facebook, where it found a new, older audience by dozens of public and private groups. That audience then started to head back to 8chan, so um, QAnon moved from 4chan to 8chan because it got the actual account itself got taken over by different people. So the original person who was who's believed to pose as Q got hijacked by some other people. It's interesting, but I'm not getting into much detail there. These people who went to Reddit or went from Facebook then went directly to the source on 8chan and got exposed to more um, harder conspiracy theory stuff. Eventually, the, the Reddit board got shut down by Reddit because they recognised what the hell was going on. Seems logical. <laughs> so, so basically, this woman, who's now yeah. part of America's Future, is one of the key people who made QAnon big. She, she even promoted it onto Reddit, and then from there it spread to Facebook and became what it is today. When I went to Tesco in like September and had people shouting, say the children, and then the checkout lady said, oh, I want to say the children, which is all QAnon stuff. She's the bloody blame for that. This is the woman who who helped spread who it. started it, yeah. And she's working now with Michael Flynn and Ed Martin on this, this organisation. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, could be a bit more scary, couldn't it? Because this is from the Independent article now. Quote, After her first Q video on the 3rd of November, the number of Russian tweets pushing Mrs Diaz's um, handle surged to 40 monthly through the following spring. Unquote. It's just... <laughs> yeah, and, go on. And as a reminder, so Ed, as I mentioned before, Ed is a regular contributor now on Russia Today, and Michael Finn obviously has... Um, Russian ties. <laughs> connections to Russia. So you've got three people who have connections to Russia. Not, obviously, the whole Russia stuff gets overblown, but I think it's interesting to note that three of these key people, excluding, obviously, Michael Flynn's family members, who are the other people on the, book, on the key team, all have some sort of connection to the Russian state and or are being promoted by Russian state organisations, which is interesting, I think. No, I think that's very interesting. I think it's, <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it, when uh, it's an organisation that's America's future being promoted by the Russian state. Well, I'll say it's not the organisation isn't promoted, but no, there's but people, these people in it who are have, running it have connections to Russian state stuff. Yes. which I think is worth always keeping in mind um, in, the, in the present. The podcast I used to listen to, which has stopped now, is why I say past tense, by um, a British and American journalist who focus on Russia, and they, they do all this sort of um, intelligent stuff. They're really good. Um, John Sweeney, Michael Weiss are their names. Um, and um, Weiss was saying about Michael Flynn and basically why he was quite pro-Russia. So he basically, was, Weiss was arguing that Flynn and a lot of his people like him are, are primarily concerned with Iran and the influence of Iran in the world and the sort of radical Islam and stuff it, that it promotes. And they see Russia as this highly orthodox and conservative Christian country as a good ally against Iran, forgetting obviously the whole communist Cold War stuff, that Russia is a good ally because of their shared values to work with in the geopolitical arena and international yeah. relations. They're natural allies. They'll be natural allies against 
Iran and more serious Islamic threats, as it were, to make, to make sense of why Flynn might be seen as being quite pro-Russian. And also, Alex Jones also speaks fondly of Putin and Russia for similar reasons. So, yeah, so... It's funny, though, isn't it, when you think of these, uh, how you said to put it right, the extreme of the Republican Party. It's always surprising that there are all these ties and connections to Russia. Well, it's exactly what you'd expect them to be against. Yeah, you think because of their, their, their Cold War heritage, a lot of these people are very, were born out of fearing communism. And obviously how Russia or the Soviet Union as it was, was the the deal. Well, they're all just so pro-America and Russia is just synonymous with... Anti-America. Anti-America, like yeah. the, the opposite. So it's just always like, wait, what? <laughs> mm. I think it is because of Putin's image as being this defender of Orthodox, obviously Russian Orthodox Christianity um, and social values mm. such as anti-homosexual legislation stuff, which might also slightly prick up the ears of certain people just saying uh, <laughs> um, so yeah so that is America that's what I know so that far that is America's future about America's future and my concern for America's future and where Michael Flynn and Ed Martin are hoping to take this organisation especially if one of their colleagues was key to making QAnon big because if she's that good at social media and stuff she'd be quite good a social media manager and also Ed's very good at social media like on and networking and all the rest of it as well so it's, it's a good it's a good team for getting the message out there whatever message it is that Flynn wants to promote well that's terrifying and uh, very interesting to learn about <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you everyone for listening and uh, do check us out on at Staffyverse on Twitter and Instagram and hopefully I'll get a blog post up on the website to do with this and I can show you and you can see my lovely graphs and my stats <laughs> there um, financial declaration forms cool so thanks yeah. for having me that's alright this podcast was researched and presented by me William Lear and me Torrin Whitehead music was done by Ted Wallacher and the graphic was designed by Alice Eves <laughs>